It's Thursday, October 24th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. On his way out the door, one of the country's top education officials says it's time to cancel student loan debt. Turns out he's not the only one who thinks so. Then, some drama on Capitol Hill that has nothing to do with impeachment. One member of Congress who's currently under investigation for an alleged inappropriate relationship is coming out with claims of her own. And finally, why some of the biggest names in finance are making zero look good. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Uber. The most complicated story today is about student loans. This morning, a top education department official told the Wall Street Journal he's leaving. He used to oversee the federal student loan program. Now he says the system is, quote, fundamentally broken and that he thinks we should just cancel most federal loan debt. So today we're going to get into who this guy is, what's going on in the federal student loan system, and what some of the plans are to get out of this mess. Let's get into it, starting with A. Wayne Johnson. He's that education department official who's calling it quits. Back in 2017, Betsy DeVos, the education secretary, made Johnson the COO of the Office of Federal Student Aid. That means he oversaw all of federal student loans, all $1.5 trillion of it. Johnson was in that job for seven months before moving over to a new job, where he tried to fix the agency's relationship with borrowers and creditors. He says that during that job, he realized, this isn't working. Trends show the debt is probably not going to be paid back, and Johnson thinks the government should get out of the student loan business altogether. And he says the gov should cancel a lot of the debt that's still out there. We'll get back to that, but first, what's the deal with the federal student loan system? Like we said, it's a big operation. Today, about 44 million Americans have student loan debt. That's one out of every five people. And when you add it up, they owe nearly $1.5 trillion. Most of that money is supposed to go to the federal government, though some is owed to third-party private companies. Not only are a lot of people in debt, a lot of people are having a hard time paying it back. One in three people are currently unable to make their payments. And that burden can make it hard for people to make big investments on things like houses and cars, and even to get married and start a family. So over the years, the federal government has put some programs in place to try to help people out. One big one is the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. It was created in 2007, and the federal government promised students who took jobs in public service that, after 10 years, the rest of their debt could be canceled if they follow a bunch of requirements. But those requirements weren't always clear. After years of working in public service, only about 1% of people who applied for loan forgiveness through the program have actually gotten approval. The education department says, it's not our fault. We're just following the rules. Johnson says he saw firsthand how hard it is to manage this program when he worked there. Earlier this summer, one of the country's biggest teachers' unions sued the education department to fix the program. We're still waiting on the results of that lawsuit. But some people think the public service loan forgiveness program is just one part of the student loan system that needs to be fixed. In fact, it's a big issue on the campaign trail. That's where Johnson's headed. He's putting his hat in the ring for one of Georgia's Senate seats. One of his big ideas is to cancel up to $50,000 worth of debt for anyone still paying off federal student loans. That means, under his plan, 37 million people would have their loan balances wiped clean. That's a huge chunk of the 44 million who currently have student loan debt. 
Johnson's proposal is similar to that of two big names running for president, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren and Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. They're on the cancel most debt train too, but also think tuition for all public colleges should be free. Former Vice President Joe Biden also has an idea. He says people who make less than 30K shouldn't have to pay back their loans. Former Housing Secretary Julian Castro and entrepreneur Andrew Yang say payments should be kept at 10% of the borrower's income. Everyone has a plan on this one. But the real question is, can any of them get it done? That's TBD, because a lot of these proposals would need congressional approval and probably a tax hike for some, which conservative lawmakers may oppose. But Republicans have ideas on this too, like taking the loan money directly from your paycheck or helping employers do more to help employees pay off their student loans. That's actually a bipartisan idea. Somebody who has the power to make at least some changes right now is President Trump. Back in August, he signed off on a plan to make it easier for the Education Department to forgive student loan debt for 25,000 wounded veterans. If he wanted to, theoretically, he could decide to tell the Education Department to stop collecting student loans. That's probably not going to happen, but a girl can dream. So what's the skim? Paying back student loans is a complicated process, and some parts of the system can be hard to navigate. But student loan debt is a huge issue that's affecting tens of millions of Americans and costing a lot of money, not just for borrowers, but potentially for the whole country. The Levy Economics Institute found that canceling all student debt could actually increase the country's gross domestic product, the GDP, by 86 to $108 billion per year. And after a few years, getting rid of all that debt could create at least 1.2 million jobs. Again, per year. That's a lot. It's a bold idea to get rid of all that debt, and probably not a fix-all. But at least, according to that study, it could lead to bold results. Not just for you and your wallet, but for the U.S. at large. If you want to learn more about how to deal with your own student loan debt, head on over to theskim.com money. And we'll tell you about another story in the news that can also affect your wallet later in the show. If you need a ride, try Uber. Uber is committed to safety, and they're raising the bar to make safer journeys for everyone. For starters, all drivers are background checked before their first ride and rescreened every year. And now Uber has introduced RideCheck. Using GPS and smartphone sensors, RideCheck can detect if a trip goes unusually off course and check in to provide support. RideCheck is just one of the ways Uber is committed to safety. Learn more at uber.com safety. That's uber.com safety. There have been a lot of wild headlines lately coming from Capitol Hill about impeachment. But here's a different story that's also building some steam. It's about Democratic Congresswoman Katie Hill from California. Hill represents California's 25th congressional district, which is considered the most conservative district in Los Angeles County. Last year, she beat incumbent Republican Representative Steve Knight. At the time, Hill was just 31 years old. It was her first time running for office. Hill became California's first openly bisexual member elected to Congress. In her first term, she's made a big name for herself. She was placed on important big-time committees like the House Oversight Committee and the House Armed Services Committee. She's also a co-chair of the Congressional LGBT Equality Caucus. But yesterday, it was announced that she's under investigation by another committee, the House Ethics Committee, for allegedly having an affair with one of her staffers. The allegation came to light in an article published last week to the conservative website Red State. 
it's said that Hill and her husband were involved in a longtime consensual three-way relationship with someone who worked on her campaign. The website noted that the relationship with a campaign staffer ended after Hill took office. But then the website claimed that Hill had also entered into a sexual relationship with someone who currently works for her in Congress. Hill admitted that before she came to Congress, she had a relationship with a campaign staffer, which, to be clear, doesn't break any congressional rules. But affairs between members of Congress and their staff are explicitly against House rules, which were passed in 2018 thanks in part to the Me Too movement, when a number of male Congress members came under fire for sexual misconduct. Hill denies having an affair with her current staffer and says she is fully cooperating with the House ethics investigation. And right now, there is no evidence of the alleged affair. But there's another side to this story. Supporters are saying Hill is actually a victim here, of revenge porn. That's when sexually explicit images are shared without the subject's consent and with the intent to harass or humiliate them. That's illegal in the state of California and in D.C. Here's why that's come up. When that website published the allegations against Hill, it also published a bunch of text messages, including texts between the campaign staffer and Hill's husband. Hill and her husband are actually in the middle of a divorce right now. Hill's called him vindictive and abusive. But the site also published photos, including one where Hill appears to be naked. Hill said that the intimate photos of her that were leaked were done so without her consent. And she says that she notified the U.S. Capitol Police, who are reportedly investigating it. It's unclear what happens next here, but if it ends up being that Congresswoman Hill is in fact a victim of revenge porn, she's not alone. One study from 2016 said that one in 25 people were victims of the same thing. So this is an ongoing story that touches on all kinds of things concerning not just rules guarding against inappropriate relationships, but also state privacy laws, which means this story could have far-reaching implications, not just for this up-and-coming member of Congress, but for people involved in leaking info about her, too. Skim Money Thursday, and we want to talk about how some recent financial companies are making moves that could affect your wallet. If you've seen ads lately for commission-free trades, it's kind of the flavor of the month for the financial industry. See, it used to be that if you wanted to buy or sell stocks, it could cost you. Trading fees or commissions sometimes cost anywhere from a few bucks to $50. Now, there's Robinhood, the no-commission-fee investing app, and other online brokers are getting in on the action. This month, Charles Schwab went commission-free too, for online trades. And now, competitors are doing the same. Think TD Ameritrade, E-Trade, Fidelity, and Bank of America. These companies make money off their other services. So if free trades are what gets you in the door, they're cool with that. But what does this all mean for you? Free trades are just another reason to start investing. But no need to go crazy. Some studies show that hands-off investors who hold on to their investments for the long run typically earn more money over time than investors who try to time the market with frequent buys and sells. So try to be careful that free trades don't become bad trades. And don't forget there may be other fees when it comes to investing. For more on how financial news affects your wallet, head on over to theskim.com money. Also, we just released the third episode of our Asking for a Friend series, featuring women who've made their finances work against the odds. This week, we're talking to Andrea about how she budgeted for a new baby. And then I got pregnant at 27. 
It's not what you see on Instagram. It costs you a lot. To see the steps Andrea took to prepare financially, watch the episode now at theskim.com slash new. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to add the Skim to your morning routine, you can sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. 